This is Megan. I'm Christy. Uh, and I'm Aunt TB. And we are Homebrew Murder Crew. Well, it's a homebrew murder crew. It's a homebrew murder crew. It's just a homebrew murder crew. It's just a homebrew murder crew. Hey, besties. Hey. Did you guys like what we did there? We changed it up a little bit. Yeah, we might be a little hyper. We're growing. We're growing. As a a podcast, as a... um... Not in maturity, though. No. No. (laughs) We are, just to remind everybody, we are a comedy podcast. We're, yeah, we're comedy. We're We're real. We We are are real life, which is terrifying. Yes. Scary, hilarious sometimes, and awkward. Oh, awkward as fuck. But we're everything. Yeah, we talk about some of the most horrific things that you could possibly talk about, and humor is a defense mechanism for me. I'm gonna speak for these girls. But you know what? Okay, so here's one thing I do want to want to digest with you guys while I have you here, whether this stays, whatever. But. Like, that's one of the things they say that, you know, it's a coping mechanism to use comedy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't really look at it that way anymore because I've been coping with my shit for four years now, actively going through counseling and shit. But I still use comedy. And as much as, yeah, okay, it might be a coping mechanism, it is also very much me making myself feel okay about my thing. Like, Mm -hmm. if I can't joke about it, then I don't feel like I'm really over it. And it's not because I need to, like, I feel like I need to joke about it. It's because that's just what makes me feel better. So I don't necessarily, like, I get the coping mechanism part of it. But I also think that too many people take life too seriously because they're not prepared to deal with the traumas and shit with life. Like, it's just flashy. It's just flashy. No, I agree with that. And, like, and, and just, again, as a reminder, like, we're never here to make fun of the victims that we speak oh, about. Oh, no. Absolutely. No. We make fun of our own situations yeah. and we'll always make fun of the suspect or this ridiculous police force or yeah. whatever. And if you acted like a dumb fucking idiot, we're going to make fun gonna, of you. We're going to play <laughs> on it. And you might be the butt of a joke. So, yeah. um, yeah, guys, how has your last couple of weeks been? Oh boy. Oh my goodness. You guys, I thought work was going to slow down, but it's only gotten busier, but I get to go to Lake Louise next week, so that's pretty that's exciting. Exciting. Oh, that's exciting. That's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, for your event? Yeah, oh, we do, so like, jealous. this ski day thing. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping Kyle was going to be able to take some time off and come with me because I get a hotel room for the night. Yeah. But instead of the two of us, now I just get some uh, alone time. I was going to say maybe I should come with I'll you. I'll go with you. <laughs> uh, actually, I was telling you about this whilst Megan was walking in, and so oh, I never did get to was, say oh, that's what that's, I wanted to talk April to you about. April 1st weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's why I asked you if you were working. Never mind. Yeah, so it's the mayor works though. I bet it's haunted. We could do some great ghost hunting. Mm. The Chateau Fairmont, mm. you bet your oh, ass I it is. I went to it yeah. for New Year's one year. And all the limestone that oh, we have around yeah. Right? Super natural. You guys wanted to ghost hunt here, but I say we go to Lake Louise next week and ghost hunt there instead. Or down <laughs> to the Chateau Banff Springs Fairmont Hotel. <laughs> Oh wow! That's a, a real Check place, everybody. The Fairmont <laughs> Springs Hotel. Okay. Yeah. She had an Airbnb that we don't know about or something. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's what I just stealing a little bit. I'll take some from there. A little bit from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So, um, how are you, Miss Christy? Oh, you know, I'm great. Um, you guys already know I had a mama meltdown today, so I'm happy to be here and out of that element and a different kind of vibe and energy. You my, know, my son literally physically abused me today, and it was like heartbreaking. Yeah, we saw it on video, and, yeah. then, I, and then I cried and he laughed at me. Aww. I think uh, one of my favorite things is when we check in with each other. Mm-hmm. Every episode, yes. before we get into yeah. what we're going to get into, we check in with each other and start to realize, like, being worked from home for two years and people getting ready to go back into the office, people have forgotten how to have, like, real-life conversations right. with people. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's hard to go throughout your day when you're dealing, like, especially in my position, I deal with so many different types of people, so I deal with a lot of different attitudes, and sometimes it's not easy to just let it roll off your back, right? right? And to have people, to have friends like you guys in my life, and I know every two weeks I'm going to meet up with you guys, hopefully every yeah. week here soon, but it, it's, it's talk about that. this right here is good for our mental health. And I'm glad that we could be your escape for tonight. And I'm glad that every single second Wednesday, I think to myself, whatever happens today is fine because I got the girls. You ladies are going to fill my wine glass tonight and my emotional glass because you can't pour from an empty cup. Also, I'm not filling your fucking and wine you glass. Can't I'll fill my wine glass from <laughs> an empty no, you can't sit for yeah. that. Anyways, so you guys, Megan is bringing us our story today. Um, I do want to mention, Brittany did some fancy DIY stuff with the little podcast nook yeah, over the last week. Crafty. And so we really hope our tests sounded really good. So we really hope that the sound quality is a little bit crisper and better and less echoey for you guys. I guess time will tell. But, we uh, we actually haven't gotten a lot of feedback. We've gotten people no, messaging uh, us for cases and whatnot. But one of the things we're really focusing on right now is our sound quality and our editing. So if you have 30 seconds, if you could just let us know if you think this episode sounds really good, that's all you need to say. We would love to know if our efforts are oh. paying off. Are paying off. Guys, got you. I got you. And also, before we get into this, if you guys enjoy our podcast and our previous episodes, if you could please go ahead, whatever platform that you are listening on, if you can go ahead and click the three little dots and um, give us five stars, um, give us a review. That would help us immensely. And we promise we won't mention this part of it again until the end of the podcast. Yes. But it is really important to us that we get feedback and we hear from our lovely fans. Now, I think Boobalicious May here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> kind of sussy. I keep it hot in here for a reason, ladies. Yeah. Do you not notice that you're both now not in your stutters anymore? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was planned. Fox you. Okay, Megan. Tell us, right, what have we got on the docket today? So, oh, wait. Get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. This hey. is going to be an uncomfy one. So, But at the same time, I'm doing something a little different. This one is a survivor story. Ooh. A survivor's story. I love survivor yes. stories. They so, are just as important yes. as the other ones that we yes. tell. Yes. So before I get into the story... I just want to say that I'll link it in the show notes. There's an episode of 48 Hours Mystery about this. I remember the first time I ever watched it, I was at work, and it has stuck with me ever since. This story haunts me. It'll haunt me forever. It's just unbelievable, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So you can go watch it. I suggest that you do, because it's 
A roller coaster of emotions. That is the only Ooh. ride I will ever be on. Is a yeah, roller coaster, I'm gonna of, go emotions. coaster of emotions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're going to begin. Let's go. December 31st, 1999. We all remember Randy. No Y2K. Like, oh, yeah. I was in my basement putting together a cardboard box and it had Y2K on it and it had like all the survival shit. In it. <laughs> oh, nice. I think I was just yeah. asleep. I was alone. I was alone. I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, so, take the wheel. Based on our statistics, our stats. All of our listeners will remember the Y2K. Mm-hmm. But in case you need a refresher, that was the year that everybody thought that at midnight, the internet was just going to be done. Yeah. There was, was no more crash. internet. It was, was going to go back to zero. Crash. It was just going to go back to zero. Nothing was going to work. It was going to be the end of the world. And then it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Like the rapture. Yeah. That also didn't happen. Yeah. I'm sure we all remember where we were. Yeah. December 31st, 1999 slash January 1st, I do. I was legitimately in my basement getting that fucking box That's together. I, I had oh. one of those old gray phones, yeah. like the box phones, and I put that in there with extra batteries. Oh, <laughs> I was 11, okay? Well, we were all waiting for the world to end, ringing in the new year. 10-year-old Crystal Searles and her 7-year-old sister, Marquis were ringing in the new year at a family friend's house in Del Rio, Texas. Their mother, Pamela Searles, she remained back at at home in Kansas, preparing to move her family from Kansas to Texas in the new year, which was the next. They were staying at the uh, the family home of the Harrises. They were uh, rather like a larger family. They had, I think it was four kids. And they lived in this little bungalow. It was like one floor. I love a bungalow. Love a good bungalow. Out, it was out in the middle of the desert. It was isolated. Mm. The closest neighbor was miles away. Red it flag. Was, yeah. It was no street <laughs> oh, right? Basically a dirt gravel road. Like middle of nowhere. I mean, exactly. to each their own. To each Cactus. Their own, but... Cacti. I should say cacti. Um, aliens yeah (laughs) del rio texas bianca del rio sorry i just wanted to say it (laughs) the harrises had a daughter that was close in age to crystal she was 13 crystal was 10 their 13 year old daughter kayleen who went by katie harris so we're going to refer to her as katie going forward they were you know hanging out girls do in that time so they were going to share a bedroom, and according to Marquis on this episode of 48 Hours Mystery, she was pretty bummed out because due to the age gap, her and Crystal were kind of like, because uh, Marquis was only seven at the time. Right. She felt kind of left out. Yeah, she, she kind felt, of felt left yeah. out. And she she wanted to be a part of the cool kids, cool like too young. But they yeah. made her sleep in a different room. Aww. She wasn't allowed to sleep with Crystal and Katie. You know, they were the older girls. Marquis is a beautiful name. I know. Yeah, it is a beautiful name. So she was pretty bummed out and devastated. And she went to bed stewing. She had to sleep in the spare room, which was across the hall from Katie's bedroom. Everybody settled into their respective rooms for the night. Crystal and Katie remained staying up like... Girls do talking, chatting. Katie was a beautiful 13-year-old girl. I'm sure she, you know, they had lots to talk about, boys, everything. She had bunk beds in her room too, which was pretty freaking cool. Well, yeah, I had a bunk, bunk bed. Bunk beds, yeah, bunk beds scare me. 
they stayed up chatting for a while before they finally settled down to go to bed. It was long past midnight now. They don't know what time they went to bed or well, it's and not I'm sure what we, time they went to bed. I'm they sure we girls. can all remember yeah. being teenage girls and yeah. going to bed when oh, yeah. our parents yeah. told us to. Exactly. But unlike the rest of us, when Crystal and Katie drifted off to La La Land, a scruffy looking man emerged from the darkness. He approached the single level home and lifted himself through an open window. Where the fuck did he sound. come from? Just a tumbleweed blowing yep. in the wind, just rolling up on well, the like, isn't, isn't that the terrifying part yeah. of the fucking story, though? Yeah. Is that yeah. out of nowhere? Lurking in the shadow of a cactus? Yeah, there was no other like houses around. He just came out of nowhere, crawled through an open window, and made his way through the house without making a sound. The next thing Crystal knew, she was being woken up by a scream from her friend Katie. She lifted her head just lightly though not her whole body just her head to see what was going on and she realized that the bedroom light was on and standing at the end of her bed at the end of the bunk bed was this scruffy dirty looking man holding a knife katie was struggling with him and he had the knife in one arm and katie in the other and while crystal watched he put his hand over Katie's mouth and slit her throat. <gasps> oh my god! Like in front of her friend? Well, in front well, of her obvi- friend. Well, obviously that was that was yeah. dumb. But oh my god! Yeah. So Katie fell to the floor. And how old are these girls? Sorry, because Katie Marquis was seven yeah. and they're ten and thirteen. 10 okay. 13. Yeah. So Katie's thirteen and Crystal Crystal's was 10. ten. Okay. So Crystal's the one on the top bunk bunk watching her friend be murdered. Oh my god! Her be have her slit throat slit. If you weren't already scared of bunk beds, now you're really scared of bunk beds. So after he slit her throat and dropped her to the floor, he turned to leave. And just as he was turning around to turn off the light, he did one quick look around the room and saw the tiny 10-year-old girl looking at the top bunk. No! So he didn't know she was up there. he didn't know she was up there. Oh, no! And she didn't even, like, sit up all the way. So she was just... Peaking. She was just peaking and, up and oh down. no! Yeah. So you gotta watch the forty-eight hour. Oh my god! Again, I'll link it in the show notes. <sighs> the details. Oh, it's, oh, it's spooky. Like that's a night. Like this is yeah, a nightmare that, I've had as that. a child. I, oh, oh, I, I couldn't imagine oh. that coming into fruition. And, oh. So without a word, he he took the few steps back across the room to the bunk bed. Crystal had scooched as far away from the edge as she possibly could. And he just reached his arm over and slashed her throat. He then turned, flicked off the light, and he left. What the fuck? Yeah, we need to get there. Because I I have a feeling this fucker is not done yet. According to the 48-hour mystery episode, which I'm going to talk about a lot because I'm serious, guys. This episode changed my life. This was like, this is one of the episodes I remember so vividly. And I'm pretty sure I re- I watched it like a few years ago, but I remember watching it when it aired many years it's ago. It's just like, some of those things, like, yeah. you know, as obviously we were yeah. all young girls at, at one point, we did those exact same things, right? Like, yeah. it's so easy to yeah. put yourself in, well, that, in exactly. those shoes. But that's the reality. They were our age. Yeah. This was 1999. Yeah. So they would have been our age back then. Yeah. 13, which is the, 
After the man had left the room, Crystal could hear Katie making a choking noise. So she lowered herself down to the floor and laid next to her friend (gasps) and was rubbing her back until she stopped making noises. I've cried all day. I know. I'm so sorry. This is hard. Yeah. It's a good story, though. She survives, remember. Once Katie was no longer making a noise, Crystal just had this voice inside of her head telling her to get out. Worried that the others in the house may have been attacked as well, she felt her way through the hallway and into the darkness of the outside. She only had on her PJs and she had no shoes on, but she could see a tiny light in the distance of one of the neighbor's houses. And she said to her, she thought to herself, that is where I need to go. Like this guy could be anywhere in the shadows yes. of this place. Like, like talk about yeah. courageous. No kidding. Totally. I don't know yeah. if in the moment I'd have. Well, it's that like at this point, you have nothing to lose, yeah. right? Yeah, so but you know, I, in that moment, yeah. can you do something yeah, like that, true. or do you yeah. just it's fall into your flight, right? Exactly, yeah. right? You'll and never know until you're put until into you're in it. Exactly, yeah. right? Good for her yeah. for having that response. Yes, she made the decision that this is where she needed to go. And she began to walk. She she slowly made her way to the gravel road and slowly made her way to the light in the distance. Once she reached the neighbor's house, the Harris's neighbor's home, after a quarter mile walk along the deserted road, she banged on the door and she continued to bang on the door until the homeowner said, Who's there? Who's there? So it was only when the homeowner had responded through the door, who is it, that she realized that she couldn't speak. <gasps> oh, that's right. So, oh, so does yeah, she need she to? She just began <laughs> to bang on the door until the neighbor finally opened up. And standing there in front of him was Crystal, a little 10-year-old girl just covered in blood. He immediately called 911 and told them that a blood-soaked 10-year-old girl had just knocked on his door. Oh, my God. Back in Kansas, Crystal's mom, Pam, Pam, received a phone call to life lift her daughter to a hospital in San Antonio. And life lift, that's where the helicopter, yeah, the helicopter comes, comes and brings them to yes. whatever, whatever they need to yeah. go to. Yeah. Not knowing the details, all she knew is that Crystal had been attacked. She didn't know any of the details. She immediately got on, figured out how she was going to get to Del Rio, Texas from Kansas. And all she could think was that if she could just look into her baby girl's eyes, she would know if she was going to live or not. So Crystal was life lifted to the University Hospital in San Antonio, where it was determined that her trachea had been severed and her vocal cords had been nicked. Oh my gosh. Doctors immediately went to work to repair her injuries. While she was in surgery, the Texas Rangers were canvassing the crime scene. Marquis told 48 Hours how she had been woken up by a strange woman in the be- in the spare bedroom that she was in, handing her some clothes telling her that they had to leave. She recalls being led through the house and the walls being smeared with blood (gasps) and blood streaks on the floor all the way out the front door, down the steps and out towards the road. 
everyone outside was crying and everybody outside was crying because Katie had not survived and Crystal's fate was unknown. Oh my God. Retired Texas Ranger, Johnny Allen, was one of the detectives assigned to the case. He outlines in 48 Hours Mysteries, the episode, uh, which is called Crystal's Courage. I haven't message that, mentioned that yet. Um, that the crime scene was that the crime scene was very bloody, and they could tell that Katie had put up a big fight. They knew right away their best hope to solve this murder was Crystal. So back in San Antonio, when Crystal woke up from surgery, the first thing that she asked her mom was if Katie was okay. Pam didn't have the heart to tell her the truth, but Crystal already knew. And she was immediately ready to talk. So once John Allen and his detectives arrived, she told them in detail what she could through writing because right. she still wasn't able to talk fully what had happened. And they asked her if it was okay if she spoke to a sketch artist. And she nodded. Absolutely. It was, you know, she was, she was all for it. So she gave a description of her attacker. The sketch looks identical. Really? Yeah, identical. Which we I'm will... assuming we're gonna post. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have. Our, I need. I need to see it. I want to see it. We will post photos <laughs> on our socials. Yeah, but I want to see it now. <laughs> I'll show you guys. Okay. Yeah. So detectives went right away to compile a uh, a photo lineup for her, and they returned. They brought her the photo lineup, and after Crystal carefully scanned the photos. Her eyes kept returning to one picture of a man. She lifted her finger and pointed out the guy that she... Like, the scruffy... She, like, the scruffy looking man that she had known to kill her... Like that she had seen kill her friend. Right. Crystal had pointed out a man named Tommy Lynn Sells. He was known to the local law enforcement in Del Rio from for some accusations against him. He also had prior... Like a prior... Uh, charges b and e's and stuff like that um, so is this like an escalation from all those previous charges pretty much probably, yeah. yeah so we'll get to it okay 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 murder is bad okay so detectives immediately flew back to del rio went to the last known address of tommy Lincells. they approached the house knocked on the door Noticing that the door was open, they let themselves in where they were greeted by Tommy Lynn Sells himself at the front door. Well, he's probably thinking, I ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm untouchable. Karma's coming for you, bitch. The first words out of his mouth, and I quote, where I'm glad I finally got caught. I was tired of doing this, unquote. Excuse me? Wow. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So he was arrested for Katie's murder, and he led detectives to the murder weapon, which he had discarded on his property after he had, yeah, just discarded on his property. So in the words of retired Texas Ranger Johnny Allen, he said, and I quote, it an 11 inch butcher's knife that had been sharpened so many times over the year, the blade was so thin. <gasps> oh and my God. <clears throat> when Crystal and her family were informed of Tommy Lincell's arrest, 
they were relieved. Crystal was doing well, but once she saw the extent of her injury, she broke down. She felt very lucky to be alive, but she had survivor's guilt. Yeah. She felt guilty that her friend had not. Well, how do you not have survivor's yeah. guilt after that? Yeah, right? She had a tough road ahead of her. So after Tommy Lincells was arrested, he completely cooperated with detectives. Wow. He even agreed to do a walkthrough of the crime he, scene. I think it's because he was so fucking proud of himself. Yeah, that's, so, sure. yeah. that's like reliving it yeah. is like a thing for them. Yeah. So if you watch, and I'm sure you will after you listen to this episode, the 48 hour mystery, Crystal's Courage, you can see some clips of the walkthrough in there and it's eerie how he like so nonchalantly goes through the house and says this is what i did and I, then i did this it's it's fucked like he's talking yeah. about a fucking grocery so, shop yeah so something. my next question and i'm sure maybe you'll get to it mm-hmm. have you been in this house before i'll get to okay it. that's a good question though. oh thank you <laughs> hair flow yeah. so he told them how he had approached the house found a window that had been opened he crawled through the window. He showed them exactly how he had done it. And he also mentioned how he first went to the room across from Katie's, opened the door and saw Marquis laying in there. And he just stared at her for a, a while before he closed the door and went across the hall to Katie's room. I believe, and they, they, there's no confirmation. He never obviously came forward and said this, but detectives believe that Katie was the, the target all along. Really? They think that it was sexually motivated. Tommy Lincells was known to the Harris family. So he went through the details again. I'm not going to go through them again myself on the murder. And then he also mentioned that when he was leaving, he actually had the thought in his head to like murder everybody else in the house, yeah. but he didn't. While they were transporting Tommy Lincells to the jail, he was really quiet and it was kind of weird. And then out of the blue, he says, and I quote, Guess you'll want to know about the other murders. <gasps> Unquote. He knew exactly what he was doing yeah. when he was saying that. Yes. Like he like he wanted to get caught. Oh yeah. He did. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no ands, ifs about it. He's picked But not because house. he wanted to stop, he, like he said. He, he wanted, wanted people, the infamacy. He yeah, wanted exactly. people to he wanted know the no, who did notoriety. It. Yes. He wanted to be like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So do we know how he knows the Harris family? Like what He worked with the with uh, Katie Harris's father. 48 Hours picked up the story almost immediately. And I don't, I'm totally familiar with him, but I don't know if y'all are familiar with um, Howard Dow. No. He was one of the reporters on 48 Hours. The episode was dedicated to him. Oh. But so he actually asked detectives if he could sit in on the interrogation of Tommy Lynn Sells. Yeah. And they, they don't normally do that, but they agreed to let him. So he got to sit in and be a part of like all of it. It took them, they spent nine months going around with Tommy Lincells while he showed detectives other crime scenes where he buried bodies. um, And they were able to confirm, confirm that he had committed 22 murders. (gasps) What? Confirmed. These were confirmed. And were they all like young girls? Or just a variety of people because this fucktard's a variety of people. He was a transient. He just like traveled across the states, going from town to town. Just you can do that. Go ahead, go ahead and travel town to town and be a transient. Don't be a fucking waste of human skin. They realized they were dealing with a serial killer. 
What a fucking twist that I wasn't yep. expecting. I was not expecting that either, actually, like, at all. That so not a, only did a... she survive this brutal attack, mm-hmm. she survived a fuck. You were so smart and so brave to do the right things. And, like, and in that's that what's moment, important. and you're so And that's young, what's important. And you're making, you're 10 years old, and you're you're knowing that I'm going to roll away from the edge yeah. of the bed. And so if she had stayed, she yeah. would have been, she would have been dead. Right. Yeah. And then to have the wherewithal to know that I need to get out of the house. I see a light. That's, well, and that's what that's what it's saved like, her life. That's right? fucking, you know who that is? That's fucking Katie. Yeah. Fucking, fucking Katie. That's exactly what she said is that <gasps> there's so footage of her little 10 year old crystal in the hospital gown with her injuries saying that she knew what to do because katie's soul was guiding her the moment that katie took her lap what she believes was her last breath she had that voice inside of her head telling her to get what to do well and like when you're living that traumatic situation you're not living it how everybody out of body experience it is and it's not until you start coping with the trauma and the experience that, that all really kind of comes yeah. like into view for you. Yeah. And so I could like, I, I sit here and I haven't gone into this on the podcast, but four years ago, I found out my dad was a pedophile and right. for four years, it's taken me to say that over and over again, to mm-hmm. come to a reality where I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. But it's one thing, like what we do is like, when we talk about these things, it's another, when you go through it and, and you come out of it, like, uh crystal yeah has but the road and i and i can say this with almost the utmost certainty that i she's obviously still around now and every single day of her life this is still something she lives through every day in her mind but she doesn't live through it like we talk about it she lives through it in those little moments of seeing that light across it's like she can probably go right back to that moment when she saw the light you know and that's how she remembers it. But when you start dig- digesting your trauma yeah. and putting labels on it, it's hard to accept that that's a label that's a part of your life now. Like, it's right. hard for me to accept my dad's a pedophile. Yeah. But he is. And I've gotten to a point now where I'm okay. But I took work. I could yeah. only imagine the amount of work it would take to realize that you survived someone who wanted to kill you. Yeah. And I am going to go over the moment that 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 became clear to her. Really? Okay. I want to hear about that moment. Those are the moments I want to hear. First, I just want to kind of jump ahead here. And just because you guys brought this up, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about Crystal's background because she was, she was no, like she was no, not new to hardship and Mm. trauma. Um, when she was younger, her parents were both drug addicts. So when she was only seven or eight years old, her parents had split up and her mom decided to get clean. So she was left with her father who was not getting clean. He was still doing drugs. So she was only seven or eight years old and she was caring for her two younger sisters. She so said, she had to grow up way quicker. Yeah, she said she... she was the stinky kid at school. She Aww. barely had time to shower. She was taking two care of two fucking Crystal. babies at the age of seven or eight years old. Sidebar: Pam got clean. She was moving her kids Good to for you, Texas. Pam. Good for you, Pam. She was moving her kids to Texas to start a better life. That's amazing. I determined that they were dealing with a serial killer, and their only chance of putting him away was 
Right. The testimony of an 11 year old girl. And even like, like I applaud you. Howard Dow teared up when he talked about watching her testify. And uh, Johnny Allen, the Texas Ranger that was left in charge, that was not left in charge, sorry, that was in charge of her, the case, he actually brought her to his house to stay with him during the trial and she spent time with his daughters and she like was staying with them yeah. like they they brought her into their home and she like you know to I imagine they as like comfortable as they yeah possibly and like kind of help prepare her yeah that really but guys whew, they gave her the option on the day of her that oh, i got goosebumps i have goosebumps Whoa. well i want oh, them fucking so, finish what you were saying i know so <laughs> on the day that she was testifying they gave her the option that she could either enter the the courtroom through a back door and go straight to the witnesses stand like box or she could walk through the front door walk down the aisle walk past tommy lynn's cells and then go sit in the witness it was booth, whatever she was she comfortable chose with. to walk past be like boom bitch get out the way mystery episode <laughs> crystal's courage you can watch the video it's giving me goosebumps even just there's a video of her literally it. walking past there her. is a video she had her crystal you a bad bitch <laughs> yeah even if you don't feel it you're just a bad yeah. ish she walked <laughs> past him she sat down and she, she was flex. face to face with him. Good for her. She was face to face with the man that she had not seen since the night he slit her throat. I'd be like, I'd be on the stand. I'd be looking at him like this. I'd but be like this. Terrifying. No, I'd be no. Listen to me. I'd be like this. Yeah. And, I, I'd, and then I'd be like this. He wouldn't look at her. At eleven. He. <laughs> you would think you'd do that at eleven. A hundred percent. He had his head down and he didn't look Whoa, at her. What a fucking yeah, That's so what pathetic pieces of shit do. Yeah. They can't look at the people straight so in the eyes. Close. I do have to be this close. It's an important yeah, goddamn message. Close. Sorry. So okay. Loud. Sorry. I will. I will. We'll edit that out. It's too loud. No. No. But that's I'm what down. they fucking yeah. do. Because they like to sit there like they're hot shit and they know yeah. everything and. But you can't look in the eyes of the person you did it to, but you can yeah. have the ego you do. The yeah. whole Fuck you. All the footage of him where he's walking through doing the crimes, like showing them the crime scene and everything. He's like proud. That. He's like proud. Yeah. Like you can in the video in the courtroom because cameras were 48 hours was allowed in there. They yeah. had to film it. You like he didn't look up at her. He was this like, he was like slouched over and he that was a shows coward that shows actually what type of man to an 11 year old he's when a man well no he's okay boy but monster. he's living in his own little world yeah. and when he's living in his world and yeah. he's in control of the marionettes yeah he thinks he's fucking queen they are, the yeah. he dehumanizes them yeah so to have her sitting in front of him yeah he has to live with the reality but this uh, is a person. But, but you know what? But here's the thing. He's not living with that reality because he doesn't give a shit. What he cares about is I I did all this shit, but this person's ruined it for me. Yeah. Yes. That's what he cares about. Crystal went through the details of the night. And when her lawyer, who like, you know how proceedings work, it's usually yeah. your lawyer that gets to question yeah. you first. When he when she had made a comment about how she'd woken up and seen a man at the end of the bed. He had said, can you point him out? 
So she lifted her finger and pointed and said, him, he's right there. And that was the moment she realized that's him. That's the guy that I watched kill my friend. And that's the guy that slit my throat. And that's when she broke down for the first time. Well, you got to think about it. Like she's probably waited. Like, even if she didn't know herself being so young, mentally, that's what she needed, her yeah. brain needed yeah. in, over t- in order to get. Yeah. And was- that's that takes a lot. Once it happens, yeah. it's like a floodgate. Yeah. And that's what happens. They took a recess. Good. And that it, poor girl. Her mom ran, her, she had asked her mom, like, she told her mom, like, don't cry. Don't cry. Because if you cry, I'm going to cry. And her mom had to keep a stone face. Yeah. Well, her daughter broke down on the stand because she promised her that she wouldn't. As soon as they took Crystal out of the room and took her to the back so that she could calm down, her mom ran back there and was comforting her. It didn't take her that long to take a deep breath and pull herself together. Damn. She knew what she had to do. She knew what she yeah. had to do. This girl is where I'm at at 33 yeah. and she's right. Driving. She walked back out there and not only did she continue telling her story, she, with her head held high, walked in front of the jury, pointed out her her uh, her neck wound. She laid down on a table, showed people exactly how so she, she reenacted it. She oh re-enacted. my god! So she didn't only she, relive it no. in her head; she actually physically, with her body, yeah. reenacted it. Holy fuck! That's that's a yeah. lot for somebody. Balls. Yeah. She for the rest of this. Let's go. No, she okay. said, "Girls got pussy because yes. pussy is strong. Yes. Pussy is independent. Pussy yes. can do the damn yeah. thing. You know what balls do? They shrivel up when they get too cold. Yes. <laughs> right? That's such a good point. Right? No, no hate for male <laughs> listeners, but this is like this is very like yeah. Don't get us girl wrong. power. Yes. kind of episode apparently oh that we were, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. power let's face it <laughs> just a sidebar i mentioned this case on our um facebook page during international women's day, day. Oh, yes yes, you yes did. i did yeah she was so precise and so determined to tell katie and her story like oh it's just what so stoic yeah. like katie's story yeah, she, like, katie's she story. wanted to yes. be katie's voice she yes. was that's exactly what she did Good for she just kept her. reminding herself that she was doing this for katie, katie. and from just the moment that katie. she entered the courtroom again yes. she couldn't even look at him she said he was making her nervous because he wouldn't look at her and his leg you could see it Ew. his leg is shaking like he was nervous Fuck him. Well, fuck and, well fuck that, you scrud. But yeah. that sh- like, and that just to me is like, oh, it's the biggest irk because that's you're the nervous. Real, that's the real. How do you think, do you think a ten-year-old girl in the top yeah. bunk watching you murder her best yeah. friend feels? Oh, it's also maybe a little nervous. You know what she did? She had the wherewithal to stay still, roll away from the edge of the bed, and then you're sitting here nine months with later and leg, leg, yeah, live it. with your yeah. leg shaking. Yeah. But you're gonna yeah. sit there and be a big baby, oh like God. what you're going through in this moment is nowhere near I what am, you put her oh, through so i am fired you know, up i'm right fired up we're near like fired up so christy and i are yelling at <laughs> each other yeah. right now <laughs> when we get heated reality killer it's fine Megan. Yes. Megan, you've got us fucking heated I know. guys there's so much more okay let's go let's go thank you all right let's go so even tommy lincell's defense attorney was choked up watching her testify 
Because he's a he's human wiping being. his forehead because he knew and he knows and he knew yeah. that he had a dangerous murderer on his hands and that he's defending. Like he, yeah, his, <laughs> his only goal was to keep him off of death row. Right, that was it. So that's all we got. Time. That's all we got. So when the moment came for him to question her, he took a deep breath. He looked up at her. And all he could say was, and I quote, you are a brave young girl. Oh. I have no questions. Oh, okay. I might actually. You can hear it. Like you can see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice. Like he, like the pain that he even felt having to witness all of that. And Good for him. He was being paid and he couldn't yeah. even defend this monster. Good for him. That yeah. makes I'm sense. literally like crying right now. Yeah. All I've done all day is cry and I'm crying again. So it's just, it's, it's just gonna happen. Yeah. It's, it's how we go. How we do. Yeah. So it only took the, the jury was only out for deliberation for an hour and 10 Holy minutes. <laughs> and that 10 minutes was yeah. just a pee break. Yeah. Right? Before they returned and announced that they found Tommy Linsell guilty oh, in the yeah. murder of Katie Harris. Yep. What a relief. And the next question was, would he spend life in prison or would he be sentenced to death? Did he not try to leverage his, like, his previous crimes and murders and stuff? They're not allowed to bring it up. They weren't allowed to. You can't bring up other crimes. But, no, I know. But oh. like when he when, when he's like, well, I bet you want to know about my other crimes or the other crimes. Oh, murders, God, no. He like, just happily told them about oh, okay. It. So he didn't even try to leverage that and be like, I'll tell you if nope. I can no. get lenience. He did try to recant. He had to confirm. He yeah. Recant <laughs> oh, of course he did. Oh, of but course he, he did. he had taken them around and showed detectives crime scenes. And like, well, and who stole doing, the cookie yeah. from the cookie and jar? When, when you're doing that on video and you can show yeah. how you're doing it probably it's yeah. like you yeah. can't backtrack yeah. after yeah. that we honey, can see it honey. honey like you can try to lie used mm-hmm. all the cookie from the yeah. cookie yeah. jar <laughs> oh boy again his fate would be left up to the jury this time they were out for a couple of hours and when the jury returned they sentenced him to death i mean like i am and I just, I'm not pro yeah. or like if he killed 22 people. He, yeah. They didn't know. That's my next line here. The jury didn't even know about the 22 other murders, so they weren't allowed to bring it up during right. this yeah. trial because you're not allowed to. So they didn't even know about all the other murders, and they did not hesitate. Also, though, because there was two, her. though, like even though one died, there was another there was survivor, survivor. Yeah. and they had to watch her tell them. This little, beautiful little 10-year-old girl tell them what happened. Well, and can I ask a question that might be unpopular and you might not want me to ask, but how much of the result of him being prosecuted the way he was was because of her her testifying? Oh, no, they wouldn't even have caught him if it wasn't for her. But exactly. This, this, so can I just pause here for one second? Because I do want to say this. Mm -hmm. This is what we mean. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're talking about my indigenous cases and whatnot, yeah. and all it takes is one, one person. person. It all, and this is a perfect <clears throat> example. Mm-hmm. It takes one person to have the courage to step up and speak. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that you're bringing this because this is an example of someone stepping up and doing the damn thing. 
Oh, and question. Yeah. So, Crystal, did she get her voice back? Oh, yeah. Her, her vocal cords were just nicked. So, okay. she got full. Sorry, okay. I should have mentioned that. She was able to speak. Okay. Like, she is still. Well, like, I feel like that also yeah, probably she... should have been one of her first questions. There will be photos on the socials. Okay. She's beautiful. She, like, honestly, like, there's barely any. You can't tell. She's. I so physically, like, what a cosmetically recovered from hero. This. Well, yeah, I just no, said, I don't fucking love this story. No, I love that not. you've taken us tonight in a different direction. Yeah, no, she's uh, like, she, ugh, my heart, like, when, when I thought of International Women's Day, that's where my mind went. Yeah, when we started those posts. She was my inspiration. I remember you now she saying, you asked, you're one. like, can we post one if it's a child? Yes. Now I this know. And I'm like, yeah, a child's still a fucking woman. Guys, well, we're not done. This gets even crazier. Okay, I got my wine. I'm ready. It's because I have a story for you inside of a story. Oh, I like stories This is inside. part of the episode? This is part of the okay. episode. I like stories inside so, of stories. Just to recap, because we took a break story? you guys probably don't notice the break story? because we stopped recording yeah and that third like that tens milliseconds it took well, you guys, it's like an hour for us yeah well, you guys, well, you guys <laughs> a story a story oh shit story exception okay okay tell me the story so just story. to recap real quick they found him guilty they sentenced him to death so while he was on death row in 2004 Four. Tommy Lincells confessed to breaking into a home on October 13th, 1997. So this is two years before. A year and a half before he got captured. And he admitted to stabbing a 10-year-old boy named, I know. Named Joel. Joel Kirkpatrick. Aww. He <clears throat> stabbed him to death before scuffling with Joel's mother. Mm-hmm. His mother, Julie Ray Harper, was arrested for the murder of her son. Okay, Later, so did he scuffle with his mom and then kill the boy, or kill the no, boy? No, no, he killed with the, the mom, boy, scuffle with the mom, and then when he couldn't subdue her, couldn't subdue her, he left. Okay, and then she got charged she for his got her charged child's murder. For her son's <gasps> murder. Oh my Not god! Actually, despite her description. Of the attacker matching Tommy Lynn Sells in 1999. She was convicted <gasps> no. of the murder of her son in 2002. She told him what happened. This man came in, killed her son, tried to kill, excuse me, tried to kill her. They're like, oh, believe how her. convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. So they arrested her, and in 2002, she was convicted of her son's murder. After and then okay and then the murder of Katie happened in 1999, right? Which was like a year and a half, two years later ish. So then, so she was already. It took them a while to arrest her for this murder because she told the story that a man came, uh, this transient came in, killed her son. It took them a while to arrest her and charge her for the murder. It's kind of like one of those incidents. So he's already in bars. They were like, "Fuck, we gotta solve this case, so let's arrest." Mom. So he yes. was already convicted. Yes, then. he was already on death the row. So now you have two people on death row. She wasn't on death she, row. She got a life sentence. Oh, she got a life sentence. Okay. Well, regardless. So yeah. regardless, you have two people that are serving a sentence, and yes. one is legitimately 
not guilty mm-hmm. and he only yes. admits that after so long of he being in admitted custody. in 2004 so two years she spent two so years she in was jail. already in jail for two years she was already <clears throat> convicted of the murder of her son for two years when so you know i would i'd want to know what his i would want to know what his fucking like the whole thing of why did he know that she went to jail for that? well obviously oh, sure he did how do, how do you sure kill did. somebody have them as someone so, else go to jail. So yeah. like the silver lining Without is he knowing. did one good thing. He knew who he was. He admitted to this murder. He obviously knew the victim, knew the the circumstances around this this murder trial. Two thousand and two, she was con- so this happened in nineteen ninety seven. Two thousand and two was when she was convicted. She was given a life yeah. sentence. Two thousand and four was when he came out and confessed to this two murder. Two years later. Two years later. Yeah. So. After two years of her being in jail and countless evidence to prove her innocent. Oh, I fucking know where this is going and I'm already mad. The appeals court vacated her conviction and ordered her immediate release. Oh, that's not at all where I thought it was going. That's good. No. No, 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 no. As she was about to take her first steps of freedom, they rearrested her. For the murder of her son. What? Why? Is that not double jeopardy? Obviously, she was innocent. Tommy Lynn Salsa confessed to this murder. They they had the real killer in jail. And didn't they release her because of his confession? They did. They did. And because they had no evidence against her. They re-arrested her. And... On what basis? They... I know. They re-arrested her and... Quickly, very quickly, her supporters rallied around her, secured her $75,000 bond, and she was let, she was able to go home. Yeah. She was able to go home. Because when you get, like, when you only have to pay 10%. 10%. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. actually, like, she was innocent. So it was quick. So a $750,000 bond. $75,000 they raised for her real quickly. So that and if that's what she needed home. to get released, that means her fucking bail was actually $750,000. Yeah. <clears throat> for somebody that didn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing was is that it's when more you re-arrest somebody that for is a, a crime that they were already charged for, for double jeopardy, you're supposed to be bring new evidence to yeah. the table, and they didn't. They completely didn't follow the rules. Ouch! I just God. hit myself real hard, and it hurt. Julie wouldn't be acquitted until July 26, 2006. Another fucking two years later, after she went through a retrial. She had to go through a retrial? She went through a retrial. So someone is running this... Who Someone, in the hell put that yeah. muffins in the freezer? Yeah. Someone right. confessed to her son's murder, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we'll let you out. But then mm-hmm. the second they let you out, they recharge you. On what, though? On nothing. What? But on nothing. Nothing. They have a confession from point. her son's nothing. killer. They have it's a confession from the killer. How do you do that? Exactly. How can you have a confession from the person that actually killed someone and they still try did. to charge someone else? I am so lost. Flabbergasted. And the only reason that she was acquitted was because the judge in her retrial found her not guilty. A little bit about Tommy Linsells. All right. So Tommy Linsells, he was one of five children. He was born to a single mother, Nina Sells, also known as Nina Levin. 
he had a twin sister who he had lost as an infant. When they were both about a year and six months old, they were stricken with spinal meningitis. Ooh. Yeah, to which she didn't survive and he and did. he did. So there's some survivor guilt there. Well, yeah. I don't... Mm. He actually had a tattoo on him of her, like, of a gravestone with her name on it. After his sister's death, his mother, Nina, left him in the care of an aunt where he had been molested sexual assault i know exactly where this was going he began drinking at the age of seven he was molested by a neighbor by the age of eight around the age of 10 his mother left with his siblings and didn't like just left him just left him just He so, was 10 years old. Excuse me, he's the same age as, as the girls were. So yeah. here's, and that's one This is the psychology. This is not This is not an excuse. Yep. For but him. that's but this why. This is the psychology of it. Yeah. I don't think it's something that needs to be edited out. I, th- no, I, I do, right. I know that we want to yeah. stick to the victims and the family and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but it is just as important to understand. Yeah. Yeah. why the individual is doing these things or yeah. doing or to at least do. give yeah. you you know you, you might it's not, not able to understand it's not an excuse and it's not letting them get right. away from but it at it's least to give understanding you why they did what yeah. they did he committed his first murder at the age of 15. he shot a man um who he shot a man that had caught him burglarizing his home he claimed that he had broken into the home and witnessed the man, the unknown man, he doesn't have a name, performing a sexual act on a young boy. And he killed him because he was a pedophile. That's a story he told. So he admitted to a total of 31 murders between 1979 and his capture, like his arrest mm-hmm. in 1999. 22 of which have been confirmed by the police in Texas when they were doing mm-hmm. the nine months of investigating with him. Yeah. But... Texas police believe that he could be responsible for as many as 70 murders. Wow. Eight of the three that he confessed to have not been identified. They're they're noted as unidentified this and unidentified. Like John Doe, that. John Day, yeah. John John Doe. Yeah. Jane Doe. Exactly. Yeah. John Deere. John Deere. And he, like I said, tried to rec- recant them. But the truth is that we'll never know the amount of people that Tommy Lynn Sells killed. His suspected victims range in gender, age. Normally serial killers yeah. have a tight. Does he do slit throat every time or no. like an MO? No. Well, he shot the first things, person right? he ever yeah, killed, shooting, right? Strangling. That's uh, that's pretty unheard of, actually. Young like, girls, young boys older women, older men. Like, just really whoever the fuck you felt Exactly. Like. Yeah. Wow. That's nuts. And his crimes took a place, took place all across the country of the United States. Well, he's a transient, so that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, there are other victims out there, I'm sure, that we may never link to him. And there are other survivors that came forward after Crystal Searle's story really? came out on 48 Hours that had come forward and said that they'd been raped by him or burglarized by him. Wow. Sometimes all it takes is one yeah, person. person. So Tommy Lincells was only the charged power of one. and convicted of one other murder besides Caden. 
So wait, out of the 22 that they think he, like, they that can... They confirmed, yes. They, he, they only got charged for two. Yeah. Evidence. Yeah, so yeah. he was also charged and convicted of the 1999 kidnapping and murder of a nine-year-old Mary B. Perez. How? To which an additional death sentence. No, sorry, for which a life sentence, in addition to his death sentence, he received. So how soon, like, when in 1999, like, how soon before Katie was married? Does it say? It was a couple of months before, and Mm -hmm. somebody else had been charged with that murder. Until, of course, he came forward and admitted that he did it. He was sentenced, charged, sentenced. I don't have details on that because, again, Katie. It's about Crystal. Katie. Crystal and Katie. Crystal and yeah. Katie are my focus on this. And Marquis, too. And Marquis. She's part of that. Yeah. He okay. was also indicted in 2003 for the murder of a Stephanie Mahoney, but he, with the impending execution, he never faced a trial and never was charged for the murder. Justice was served. When Tommy Lynn Sell's death sentence was carried out on April 3rd, 2014, at the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville. April 3rd? That's actually not even that far away from right now. Yeah. So he's dead. Cheers to that. Bye. Bye. Bye, bitch. And, you know, Crystal is now my age. Mm -hmm. She was born in 1989. I, I don't have an exact date. Honestly, there isn't a lot of personal stuff about her. It doesn't matter. She quoted, she's quoted as saying that she doesn't think about Tommy Lynn Siles. She doesn't. She thinks about Katie every day. She doesn't think about him. She doesn't give him that power. She's now about my age, 32, 33 years old. She's married. She lives her life to the fullest. She doesn't think about Tommy Lynn Siles. Good. We don't bring it up. She doesn't bring it up. She's we don't talk about on. Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. She's <laughs> doing great. She's she's an inspiration. And she, you know, she kept saying in the 48 hours thing that she doesn't think she's a hero. She just feels that she's lucky. But So can I? 99% of us wouldn't have been able to get through the shit that you did. Thank God for Crystal's um, team, yeah. lawyers. Thank God for even like way to go for the defense yeah. to, to walk up to her and be like you're fucking brave yeah right yes you know what sucks is that his other victims um their mom got charged for it that sucks that they didn't get the same support or well, the there's same some victims interest or the same whatever right? right exactly right in the but end though all these she was the be all end all of all of this yeah. and it is i know she doesn't want to be classified but- as a hero she doesn't think of herself as a hero that's fine. Well, well, I'll call you a hero then. But like, but you know, you she was the difference. Yeah, she was the one person that, even though she didn't want it, she didn't want no, to be this. Nobody would. It just she was put into the situation, and that's what she showed she was capable yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and I think, and that's I think where my where my point is yeah. is that you will come across people every goddamn day. Yeah. And you don't actually know what they've been through. No. And that's what we need to take away from I it. honestly, like, I can't say whether or not I would have been able to get through it the way that she And you did, won't be able to know that unless 10? you went through it, though. Yeah, and that's exactly. the thing, right? But I, like, kudos, like, I just want to give out a huge shout out to Crystal. Johnny Allen, like, 
honestly, like, she put away a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. And 10 years old, and the way that she walked into that courtroom, like, fuck. So to our listeners out there who might be having a rough day or might be wondering if they can do it, you can do it. You can fucking do it. The three of us do it every day. Fucking Crystal did it at 10 years old. Just remember, you can do it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Megan. That was an amazing, amazing case for you to share. And like so inspirational to hear a survivor's case. Yes. Yeah, it's important to highlight those stories too. If anything, those stories might actually be more important. Yeah, we're going to pause. So you can reach us on our socials. We are on TikTok at Homebrew Murder Crew. We're on Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew. And we are on Facebook at Homebrew Murder Crew. You can also email us at homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our episode. So thank you for listening. And we hope to hear from Well, we hope to talk to Yeah, I mean, like, no dick pics, like we say every time. But get uncomfortable, bitches. And get uncomfortable. You guys can get comfortable now. It's fine. We, uh, yeah, I mean, we love you, but also never forget. We love you. (laughs) Keep listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.